What's up, fam? Welcome to MJ and the Word podcast. I am MJ. And I am the Word. Um, But I'm not bringing the Word today, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As you all know, or you should know if you don't know, that's because you didn't do your homework and you haven't been listening, so you need to get caught up, right? But in season one, MJ and I took the opportunity to interview each other on topics that were near and dear um, to our hearts or personal to us. So go back and catch those if you haven't had a chance to. And so we are doing it again, season two. So here we are with the hot topic, y'all. And listen, I'm excited about today's topic because we have an expert in the studio to talk about this today, okay? And I'm ready to learn. And our expert for today is none other than Dr. (laughs) MJ McConner. Did y'all know that? She is not one of these people that just stuck doctor in front of her name. She actually went to school (laughs) and, you know, she got the velveteen cap and she got robed and all of that. So today we are talking about DEI. Welcome to the studio, Dr. MJ. Well, thank you. And, uh, you know, you were joking about I have the robe and everything and I have the battle scars too, because I'll tell you, when I was writing that dissertation, I was like, I'm about ready to die. But it's not a game. But you know what? I wouldn't change it for the world. And uh, I'm excited to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion because it's it's an interesting time we live in right now Mm -hmm. in our society because Mm -hmm. we're seeing a lot of pushback Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's it's coming from the the I guess you could say legislation level Mm -hmm. in a lot of places, Mm -hmm. particularly in the South. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm ready to hop into this one because I'm like this impacts everyone and people don't always see it that way. Absolutely. We're going to get into it. Let's get into it today. I got some good questions for you. And like I said, y'all, I am on this journey of learning about this topic as well. You know, our, our, our um, industries collide in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. mental health and DEI. You cannot really separate those two, but there are just some of the uh, depths of it that we don't see and we don't know because we're not as close to the inside as people like uh, MJ so I'm glad you first said that was gonna be my first question tell us what is DEI what does it stand for but it is diversity equity and inclusion and just jump in tell us a little bit what because I called you an expert that's Hmm. what you are what makes you that like what's your background in this field yeah so I appreciate you for asking that one so I've been in this space for over 14 years Mm. Uh, I've worked in the international education sector Mm -hmm. and the diversity equity and inclusion sector Mm. so coming from higher ed primarily you know we called it different things it might be like multicultural student services Mm -hmm. or uh, international education Mm -hmm. you know it's packaged in a lot of different ways But yeah, I've been doing it as a practitioner for several years. And then additionally, you know, I've I've written a lot of papers Mm -hmm. and I've published a lot of articles and publications on it. Um, And so like my dissertation focused on looking at the experiences of you know, faculty at historically black colleges and universities. Mm, and mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just something that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, I'm also a certified diversity executive. Mm-hmm. So I got certified through the society for diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'm not like a licensed therapist like you where you have to have those uh, right. licensures. But right. uh, for me, I felt like it was important to have credentials just mm-hmm. because of the work I do mm-hmm. and the types of clients I work with as a mm-hmm. consultant. So I was like, nah, I want people to know, like, I'm about this life. Like, this is what I do day yeah. in and day out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and MJ, like, that field doesn't have a lot of glitter and glamour on it. It's At the all. trenches. <laughs> and you're literally fighting people um, to get folks to accept people how they are and to yes. make space for people how they are. Why in the world <laughs> <laughs> would you, of all the fields to choose, why that one? Why pour yourself? And y'all... 
MJ, she she taught walking how she talking. So if you follow her on social media, you will see her in this. She's not just posting about it. She's actually out here doing the work. So why would you choose that? Why choose DEI over everything else that you could have done? You know, I, and why still choose it? Because yeah. you choose this thing every day. I choose it every day, mm. and it is it's hard work mm-hmm. because you're going up against systems mm-hmm. that have been around for centuries, That's deep. right? You're going up against structural just processes mm-hmm. and things that have been normalized. Mm-hmm. And we have to come in and say, okay, is it time for us to dismantle this yeah. way of thinking and operating? Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you, as long as I can remember, I've always been one to advocate for those who are underdogs, essentially. Yeah. Um, I can remember going to NAACP meetings as a kid where, you know, oh, wow. <laughs> I was in the back of the meetings playing with toys, but you, you hear the conversations yeah. that are going on and you hear about how some people are impacted by certain inequities and others aren't. So it just went yes. with me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just, I have always been one of those people where I felt like it's important to, to reach back and mm-hmm. to help those who may not be able to help themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I look at DEI as a way to to advocate for those who have been historically minoritized and yeah. marginalized in our society. Um, and, and, and that advocacy comes in a lot of different forms, whether it's me helping with policies, helping, you know, facilitate workshops and, and coming at it from an educational lens. Mm-hmm. But we have to talk about it and we have to realize that the issues that impact one group is going to affect everybody. Right. It trickles over, like, and we don't always think about it that way. Right. Well, oh, that's the LGBT issue. That's a black people uh-huh. issue. Uh-huh. That's a Hispanic Latino issue. That's, you know, it, it's, it does not work like that. Like yeah. we are all impacted by some of the different things we see in our society and we have to address it. Let's go right there. I got another question for you, but I'm going to say that one to later. Cause I want to go right there where you just stopped about okay. what's going on in society right Ooh. now. So we are starting to see the Facebook posts, the Twitter, uh, the tweets, and the Instagram is blowing up. Social media is blowing up right now. The news is blowing up right now. And Florida is on fire, okay, in a way that (laughs) is much worse than the weather, the heat that they get anyway. What For those that may not know, what's going on there can you put it in a nutshell for us like what is happening and how since i'm not in florida mm-hmm. you know people in california are not in florida but you just made a, a valid point that it's going to affect everybody yes. eventually so two-part question what's happening and how does that apply to me over here in tennessee yeah so um for those who don't know governor DeSantis recently um, you know, he has been very vocal about mm-hmm. his dislike of diversity, equity, and inclusion work. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and, you know, certain lawmakers are putting different laws into place where mm-hmm. basically colleges and universities in particular can no longer have DEI departments and they can't teach things related to DEI, uh, wow. even stuff like gender studies, uh, anything related to what else african-american studies and some other things he's coming after that as well and you know here's the thing bj a lot of people look at it like well you know that's a higher education problem but that's where it starts Mm -hmm. because what happens pardon me what happens is they start with one 
sector and say, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to focus on higher education right now. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to move over here to some of these nonprofits that are getting state funded. Mm-hmm. Now they can't do it. Now we're going to move over here and target this group. So it becomes this endless cycle of, mm-hmm. okay, we'll start with one group and then just keep cutting programming and funding from here. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. thing about Florida, anybody who's ever been to Florida, you know, it is diverse. Mm-hmm. You go to cities like Miami, Orlando, some of those bigger cities, Tampa, yeah you might hear five different languages you're gonna see people from all walks of life yeah it's incredibly diverse and so ultimately what's happening is a lot of politicians particularly in the south have made it a point to say okay we don't want things to evolve (laughs) like ultimately that's what it is we don't want it to evolve into into what it's becoming yeah. because let's go to Georgia real quick. I think when Stacey Abrams almost won governor in the state I of Georgia, that scared a lot of people. That scared some folks like, whoa, wait a minute. This is mm-hmm. the South. We're used to doing things a certain way. We're used to things happening a certain way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was like, nope, we have to snuff this out. Mm-hmm. We cannot mm-hmm. allow it to become more diverse. And, you know, so it's just, it's a very interesting time we live in. Right. But ultimately, I think it boils down to people being resistant to change because they see mm-hmm. how diverse our country is mm-hmm. becoming. Mm-hmm. And, and where do we head if they are able to get away with what they're trying to do? Mm-hmm. Where are we headed ultimately? What does that look like for us down the road? So here's the thing. I always tell people, just because you have one group that's pushing one thing doesn't mean you can't push back. Mm, and mm-hmm. so what happens is people bury their heads in the sand mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, gosh, here we go. Mm-hmm. Now they're mm-hmm. attacking this group. Now mm-hmm. they don't want this to be taught. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, well, somebody will figure it out. Mm-hmm. And they're just waiting on somebody else to kind of jump mm-hmm. in and help solve the problem. When mm-hmm. it's like, no, you have to be the one to be vocal. Mm-hmm. You have to be the one to write your lawmakers, senators and, mm-hmm. um, you know, people within the house or representatives and say, Hey, this is a problem. Right. I have a teenager who's about to start college in in the state of Florida at a Mm -hmm. public university. Mm -hmm. My teenager identifies as black Mm -hmm. or my teenager identifies as whatever, you know, group it may be. Right. You know, this is a problem. If I, I I don't feel like my teenager is going to be able to feel included, to be educated, to be educated (laughs) or learn an accurate, accurate information about history like right. y'all omitting stuff and banning books right so those it's, it's it's problematic on so many levels yeah and it, it does trickle over because now what we're watching bj is other states are starting to right try to emulate what's going on right there. so we know texas similar uh-huh. thing mm-hmm. they're basically trying to get rid of dei departments mm-hmm. uh at colleges and universities we're gonna see it happen in other southern states mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. um and not just the south but it's other parts of the country that are, uh, you know, more conservative where we're just seeing right. this attack against it. Right. I was trying to find this um, this news story that I actually happened accidentally across um, earlier today. Of course, I can't find it now. But the, the thing that jumped out at me was this was about like a middle school or a high school where they were trying to pull a certain section of books out yeah um okay and it was mostly books about people of color Uh and then uh some books about the lgbtq community and the youth poet laureate um who 
spoke at the uh, inauguration. Mm-hmm. Can't think of her name. She's amazing. She yeah. was really, you know, speaking out and using her platform to, to come against that. But what got me was all of that started because of the complaint of one parent. Yep. One person said something, and so they decided they're gonna go ban all of these books from from this school because of one person. And so that left me wondering, um, how much of this is the legislation listening to the people, and how much of it do you feel is coming from just racist legislators? Period. Boom. There you go. I think it's a combination. Ah, uh, okay. I think it is a combination of. One, like I mentioned before, certain legislators in certain regions are seeing the shift Mm -hmm. happening Mm -hmm. and they're not comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And anybody who does DEI work or who has participated in, you know, DEI discussions, you know, you may be pushed out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and -hmm. people don't like change. Mm -hmm. It's just natural. People don't like anything that's going to push them and challenge their views and biases Mm -hmm. against stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think that's part of it. And then I do think it's also some parents are, um, you know, like, well, I don't want my child to feel any guilt or shame. And it's just this, this push to omit certain voices and omit certain stories Mm -hmm. and just pretend like it never happened. Mm -hmm. And we can't do that. It would be irresponsible of us to pretend like slavery didn't happen, to pretend like, um, you know, look, I can think of so many different things, but it, to pretend like these different things didn't happen in our history. And I'm just thinking of like, you know, the Holocaust, the apartheid, you know, situation we saw in South Africa and just many other places. And I know that's in a different country, but we have to acknowledge, like, this is a part of our history. Mm -hmm. And this is why our country is the way it is Mm -hmm. because it has been a part of our history and Mm -hmm. DNA for a long time. Mm -hmm. And the only way to dismantle sexism, racism, ableism all the isms right uh-huh. is you have to you acknowledge have to yeah you have to acknowledge mm-hmm. the history the yep. historical ties and it's I, a mess i think what you said was <laughs> so important where you were mentioning how some parents don't want their kids to feel the shame they don't want them to feel guilt they don't want and it's interesting to me i have said this even from a mental health standpoint we live in a make me comfortable society we do now. Social media is a make me comfortable place. And it's sad because so many people feed into it and it's remove my triggers. Everything that triggers me, upsets me, makes me angry, makes me uncomfortable. You need to get rid of all the triggers Mm. instead of let me look on the inside of myself and figure out why I'm angry. Why is this upsetting me? Why is it bothering me? We want to get rid of the trigger and the trigger is not the issue. It's the fact that you are triggered. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting to me that parents are taking that spin of, you know, some parents anyway, thinking it is protecting their children by removing this thing that may be uncomfortable instead of talking to the kids about why they are uncomfortable. You should yes. be uncomfortable when you hear about slavery. It should make you uncomfortable and then hopefully uncomfortable enough to do something about it. Right. Uh, you know, when you hear about what's going on in, in oppression and people not having their rights, it should make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I don't even understand what they're trying. What do they think they're uh, going to accomplish by this? Yeah. It's like you're creating a monster. Yeah. And here's my thing. If you're uncomfortable uncomfortable hearing about somebody else's story, just Come imagine on. how uncomfortable they are Lee. having to live mm. this day in and day out, mm. having to live through racism, having to live through sexism, having to live through, uh, you know, maybe religious discrimination, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
you you cannot go through life saying this makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it, mm-hmm. especially just because something doesn't apply to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think it's, it's just we'll never reach a place in our society where, you know, we always talk about, oh, America is so great. We're a melting pot. <laughs> M- melting pot I you know I challenge that like mm-hmm. I think yes we mm-hmm. are diverse but when I think melting pot that means it's inclusive mm-hmm. right everything is right meshing together mm-hmm. it's blended well mm-hmm. no we're we still have a lo- long way to go in terms of equity and inclusion yeah because I mean we see what's happening in our right. nation the inequities you look at policing you look at mm-hmm. uh the justice system you see education system there's just inequities everywhere Mm -hmm. and we have to address it and that's the equity piece i lean more into the equity and inclusion side of it because the diversity it'll come when you focus on dismantling you get what i'm saying those inequities Uh it's like when you become a more equitable and inclusive place then you you create space for people to actually show up for diverse people exactly Mm -hmm. so yeah Mm -hmm. but no we're in a very interesting time and i'll say to I think part of the reason why we're seeing what we're seeing in Florida is DEI doesn't have the same federal protections as like the civil really? rights. Yeah. Civil uh-huh. rights act and affirmative uh-huh. action. Those uh-huh. are federally legislated. You uh-huh. can't, and, and you have people challenging that, but it's more protected. Whereas right. DEI is still kind of new uh-huh. in a sense uh-huh. because it, it's, it, it basically it's a product of the civil rights uh-huh movement and acts that Mm -hmm. we've seen and so there's nothing at the federal level saying okay this needs to be protected it's Mm -hmm. important Mm -hmm. so that's why it's so easy to attack it and they they saw like oh we can attack this and so they have i I ask you about this um in our personal conversation and i just want to kind of go into this for our listeners who may be wondering why now why Mm -hmm. do you think this, I mean, black people been here for a long time, okay? Mm-hmm. LGBTQ families have been here for a long time. I mean, it, this is not like some, oh, black people are in America now. I mean, this isn't a new thing, right? We've been here. So why do you think DEI is coming under such attack right now at this time because in, in our lives? I think because... I, honestly, it's a few reasons. I still think there are people who are upset about us having our first black president in yeah. our society. <laughs> uh, I think anything that levels the playing field for mm. those who have been historically excluded mm-hmm. or marginalized, it, it's a threat to mm-hmm. those who have always had power. Mm-hmm. And so they're seeing that DEI is basically teaching like, hey, we mm-hmm. have to look at these inequities so we can level the playing field for other folks. Mm-hmm. And the people who've always had power or privilege don't like that. Like, yeah. and that's natural. Most people in power don't want to lose power. Right. They don't want to lose it. And so I think that's a big part of it. So mm-hmm. it's like, if we, if we try to get rid of it, right. that'll solve our problem. There won't be any discussions about this, creating opportunities for folks and access and stuff. We don't, we don't want that because mm-hmm. we want to remain the top dogs is what it comes down to, <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways. And um, so I think it's just a, it's a combination of things. And I will say this, because the DEI field, um, you know, it wasn't always called that, but like, it's, it's not that new, right? People treat it like it's just, it just came up after George Floyd and Mm -hmm. all that, but really people were doing civil rights work and and doing work in the the affirmative action EEO space for a long time. So Mm -hmm. it's been around, it's just 
the name has evolved over time. Mm, okay. So I do want to put that out there too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, they just, they, and I mean, fighting. I think on some level, you know, it's always been under attack, you know, yeah. people's rights have always been under attack. I don't mean to say that, that, that hasn't been the case. It's just, we're seeing so much. It's just like a huge push mm-hmm. right now. Like we got to hurry up and do something about this. But I think you, um, made a great point about when that that playing field starts to look too level mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know what I thought about was when the playing field is level the money is going to be more level there you go and that's what we don't that's want it. that's, that's it. what folks don't want you can't make the same amount as me no like I we, we're not doing that because then we're equal <laughs> right then right. what makes me significant you know then I lose control right that's it and and, and ultimately a lot of it boils down to that um, mental health has just entered the chat. Yeah, mental health has entered the <laughs> chat because we know that people, no matter what society you are in, when you look at like hierarchies and stuff mm-hmm. like that, whether it's a monarchy, you got a king and a queen, whatever, mm-hmm. nobody wants to lose power. Mm-hmm. I was watching The Crown. I like The Crown, y'all, on Netflix. It's really good. <laughs> but they were doing everything they can, the, the royal family. Mm-hmm. And that's not just them. I'm not picking just on the, the British Empire, but. Mm-hmm. People want to maintain power. Mm-hmm. They in 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 our society, power has historically gone to those who are white, mm-hmm. landowners, mm-hmm. Christian. Mm-hmm. You know that they, they have certain identities. You know that have been able to leverage their power over time mm-hmm. to build wealth. Right. Let's go there for a minute. Let's yeah. talk about the generational wealth aspect, um, because that's a big part of it too. When you think about it. Which more people are starting to talk about when right. you're starting to have different people who are not just your white males. Okay. Right. When it now it's a conversation. It yes. has entered the room with all different types of people talking about generational wealth. I think folks are really scared. They are scared <laughs> of it because they because they know generational wealth will create access to the opportunities for folks that may have never had those opportunities. Mm. Um what was I going to say? Oh, I had a good, okay. I think I got it now. So one of the things that I tell people is that when you create opportunities for others, it's not going to take away from what you have. And there is this misguided belief Mm -hmm. that, oh my goodness, if this one group over here, if they have access and if they have resources and Mm -hmm. tools, the same thing I have, that's Mm going to take away from me when in fact, it's not, it's actually going to help you because if they have access and tools and resources, let's say, let's say we're both business owners mm-hmm. and I'm a, a black business owner. You are white. Mm-hmm. Now I have the ability to actually be able to afford purchasing your products mm-hmm. to afford being able to pour into the economy right. at a higher level. Mm-hmm. So really it benefits everybody. Right. Right. So th- people don't always see it like that. They mm-hmm. have this scarcity mindset of, Oh my goodness, if these groups over here have access it's going to take away from mm-hmm. me when really them having access creates opportunity for everybody. Right. Well, it really is more yeah. like one candle lighting another candle. Exactly. The first candle doesn't go out. Duh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just creates the opportunity for the whole room to be lit up now, yeah. you know, and it's, it's just really sad that people don't see it that way Mm-mm. or don't want to see it that way. No, it, it is really sad. And uh, that's why I think it's important for us to be strategic in how we push back. So I know the NAACP, they recently put out like a travel warning, like mm-hmm. be careful traveling to Florida mm-hmm. or don't travel there at all. Talk about that a little bit. Like, yeah. where did that come from? Why do you think that that was the 
um, the response, you know, mm-hmm. and how alert do we need to be right now? Mm-hmm. I think that was the response because they are concerned that they're going to see probably a rise in bigotry and hate crimes in mm. Florida as a result of the rhetoric that DeSantis is putting out there. Mm. So, um, and that tends to happen. And we saw that happen with the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. You know, he was putting out certain rhetoric. Right. And then you see this rise in hate groups mm-hmm. popping out of the woodworks that were probably always there, but they just had a platform to become more vocal. And so that tends to happen when you have leaders, like powerful people saying, okay, attack this group or right. don't, I mean, look at Adolf Hitler, yeah. you know? Yeah. <clears throat> when you have people in leadership positions who are, spewing out a certain type of rhetoric Mm -hmm. that's very anti this Mm -hmm. group or anti that group, then usually you're going to see a rise in attacks against those groups. So, I mean, I I completely understand why the NAACP did it because it's like, you know, what's going on there right now is probably going to result in the rise of of crime and just Mm -hmm. hatred towards certain people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And you know, that's news to me. I didn't realize that the NAACP had put that out. I, Mm -hmm. you know, because you see stuff floating on social media and all you see is don't go to Florida. You know, it's just some random person saying it and a bunch of people talking underneath, but that gives a lot of weight to the severity of this thing, man. Yeah. That is crazy. It's crazy. And Florida is a, is, you know, people joke about oh, Florida's gonna Florida because you got a few states in the U.S. They don't kind of do their own thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but um, the thing about it, Florida is a, a fun place to travel to. Like if you ever go to Miami, Orlando, mm-hmm. Disney World, mm-hmm. you know, DeSantis and Disney World are going at it too now. Yeah, they are. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, I hate that. Me and so. I hate that for the residents who live there mm-hmm. who may not necessarily feel the same way as he does mm-hmm. or who, whose views might not align mm-hmm. with that. Um, He's button heads big time with Disney. World, oh yeah. They is, go, they like Crips and Bloods right now. <laughs> like, why would you, why would you go against such a power head like that? That's bringing so much money in. And they have already stopped. They were about to start a billion dollar project down there. They stopped. Mm-hmm. So now you messing with your revenue mm-hmm. because you want to be, anti certain groups right right now you messing with the money and that's how it has to happen a lot of times unfortunately is that it has to hit people's pockets before they realize like oh maybe we shouldn't have done that because mm-hmm. what's going to happen at some of those colleges and universities down there is a lot of students aren't going to want to come there mm-hmm. so maybe let's say i'm an out-of-state student from california and i got accepted into one of the state universities in florida now I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. You know, I don't like what's going on down there. So they're they're essentially they're gonna feel the impact yeah. of it from a financial standpoint. Which is really crazy that in order you will shoot yourself in the foot in the process of trying to hurt me. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. That is that is y'all wanted to call everything mental illness. Mm-hmm. That to me is it is <laughs> <laughs> that that's insanity right there. When you are willing to hurt yourself in the process. So in other words, by hurt yourself I mean lose money. In order to try to hold another group of people down, that there's something severely wrong with you. And it's been going on for centuries. That's not new. That's not new. That yeah. is not new. There are certain people who have like, I'd rather I'd rather throw everything I got into hating this group, mm-hmm. even if it means it's gonna take all of my energy, time mm-hmm. and effort, I'm mm-hmm. losing money, whatever, than to see you on the same level wow. playing field as wow. me. Wow. So I don't want to ask you too much about, because I, I will admit um, I am definitely not as up on politics as I, yeah. you know, maybe should be. MJ is way more, you know, like <laughs> she, she knows what's going on out here. But what is up with the legislature that, I mean, sh- 
should there be some restructuring so that a person can't just come in here and make these decisions like this? Like, how many people had to sign off on this? Right. How many folks had to agree with him before he could say, you know, yeah, we're going to do it? Or was this just a flick of his pen? No, I'm glad you said that because it's not just one person. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it, is, it is like a team of people. Um, and usually in states, like Tennessee is a great example. Mm-hmm. If you look at our House of Representatives, mm-hmm. it's like a super majority Republican you know, we are heavily mm-hmm. on the right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and in regions where it is, that's the case, where it's not as balanced, um, yeah, it's easier to get those kind of laws passed. Mm. Yeah. Which says we need to be doing what, MJ? It, we need to vote. Oh, and when <laughs> we do need we need, vote. now this part I know. When do we need to vote, MJ? Uh, let me see. So which which elections? Yes, all <laughs> oh, of them. I, know, I was going to say, you got multiple <laughs> elections that we need to be voting in. Um, but... Uh, like I said, a lot of times people kind of bury their heads in the mm-hmm. sand and they're like, well, somebody will fix that. That's somebody mm-hmm. else's problem. Hopefully it'll go away. But if we want to see certain representatives in there that represent our views and beliefs, yes. like if you believe in equity and, in, in inclusion and mm-hmm. you believe in opportunities for all people, then, then vote for candidates who stand for that. Mm-hmm. But if you're not voting, it's like, yeah, you're going to have the same stuff happening right. within those you know the lawmakers are going to keep passing these kind of same laws that hold certain groups back right which means that you know for for us and for all of us you know it's not enough to just vote in the presidential election no it's not enough (laughs) to vote just for the governor or just for the mayor you have to also be paying attention to the people who are pushing these folks agenda as well and so some some things happen and everybody looks at the the top dog, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody looks at the president or everybody looks at the governor, but you also, and I'm, that's why I, the part of the reason I asked that question, you need to be looking at who else signed off on this with him right. because all of them need to go. All like, the lawmakers, senators, yes. all of them. It's not just a one person thing. And right. we think that a lot of times like, oh, President Biden mm-hmm. or DeSantis or, you know, whoever the governor or mayor may be, mm-hmm. it is a whole collective. Mm-hmm. You have to look at each person in that role and mm-hmm. say like okay do they re- represent what we think they should be representing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so yeah it's and so it's going to require some research and some it work is. on our part to know who the people are I'll, I'll be the first to admit i'll raise my hand you know i don't always know who folks are before i show up to the poll that day mm-hmm. and i just take the sheet you know <laughs> and it's like all right i'm picking who i think would be is best based on what's on this sheet but do i really know what that person stands for do i really know um who is going to be speaking for me and that is what i think people need to understand when it comes to voting is that you're choosing someone who is going to be speaking for you they're supposed to be your advocate Mm -hmm. so don't pick somebody that's not going to speak for you properly because look what ends up happening exactly and tennessee you know we're going to use tennessee as an example real quick because thinking about what happened to justin pearson Mm -hmm. and um justin is justin smith yes smith Uh okay the two justins um, the reason that happened, mm-hmm. why they were able to like expel them initially so easy because you had this super majority house that right. was like, nope, things have always been this way. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was completely imbalanced to mm-hmm. begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they were standing up for certain things that didn't align with their views, they were like, nope, uh, uh-uh, we don't like it. And the same thing happens with like DEI and other things that they're trying to put 
put laws into place mm-hmm. to stop practicing. If you don't have balance in there, mm-hmm. that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so important for us to vote, to show up, to mm-hmm. voice our concerns and say, hey, no, we need to do this. I have a child who has a disability. I need to know they're going to be okay. Right. Or I have a child who who is Hispanic or I have a child who's multiracial. I have a child, you know, whatever. Like you need to, to think about how all of these different programs mm-hmm. and initiatives support people like you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and see it is more than, you know, they just trying to get rid of a few books. Yeah, no. You know, it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. And getting rid of books, that's usually always it's you know, if you sign. look it, it, that's always a bad sign. And the books they're getting rid of are like right. the ones I grew up loving, like mm-hmm. Why the Cage Bird Sings mm-hmm. by Maya Angelou. Anybody who read that, I mean, there's nothing in there that's pushing propaganda right. why would you ban something that about this black woman telling her story right that's what it is because when people realize like oh wow this happened to her mm-hmm. she had to experience this mm-hmm. kind of racism that's what they're banning mm-hmm. is people sharing their stories right. and what happened and so it's like you're trying to erase history yeah. it's just and snatching out people's voices that's as well yeah. and and you know that comes to a good point that you made earlier that this affects all of us because now I'm looking at what about artists mm-hmm. <clears throat> spoken word artists I got a whole bunch of stuff that I know would end up being banned okay yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean you do too <clears throat> so what about writers and authors I mean exactly. so how can you get aw- get away with that I mean it's really literally silencing free speech and saying mm-hmm. to people you're only going to know what we want you to know that part and if we look at any any time in history like and not just in the u.s but if you look at any place where maybe a dictator came into mm-hmm. power mm-hmm. the first thing they usually gonna do they're gonna ban the journalists mm. right they're gonna because anything where truth could come out mm-hmm. they're gonna ban it they're gonna start banning books mm. they're gonna start banning artists wow that, that, that it's like Rinse and repeat. I mean, it is just, we've seen it happen in Spain with Franco. We've seen it happen in mm-hmm. Nazi Germany with uh, mm-hmm. Hitler. We've seen it. They tried to do it here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there, certain groups are trying to follow what they know is effective. Mm-hmm. If you have people who are uneducated, who don't know about certain things, then you can repeat history. Mm-hmm. And you can control those people. You can easier. control those people when they don't know about what's happening and don't know about their history. Wow. And my dad used to always say, people who don't know their history are bound to repeat it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big part of it. So we, we have to push back and say, no, we need to have this kind of education going on in schools. We need to have these educational programs. Mm-hmm. We need people to be informed mm-hmm. about different issues that affect different folks. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to push back. Yeah, absolutely. And so what does that look like, you think? I know we talked about voting. Yeah. What else does the pushback look like? I think for parents, you know, because I know a lot of it is happening in schools right now, mm-hmm. colleges and universities and, uh, you know, K through 12 schools. I think parents need to be vocal with um, administrators like superintendents and say, hey, you know, this is really important. We shouldn't mm-hmm. be cutting this. Um, and then, of course, we talked about the lawmakers. Mm-hmm. I think an- another thing, too, is and this is for different companies and organizations, especially those that don't necessarily receive state funding mm-hmm. in a state where they're trying to ban it. <clears throat> but but stick on stay stay with it mm-hmm. stay the course don't feel that pressure to say uh oh okay this is becoming a hot button issue maybe we should get rid of our DEI programs like you're a private entity if this is what you want as a corporation or organization keep doing it mm-hmm. you know like because 
what's going to end up happening if you don't, then your employees are going to be like, yeah, see, they just hopped on that because it was trending, right? you know, and they really don't care about us. So you want your values to be aligned with what you say Mm -hmm. that you value. Right. Right. So I think that's important as well. And then for people, I think that another thing is just do everything you can to get informed because excuse me, these decisions are happening. And sometimes we don't even know what's happening. Right. Like I had somebody talk to me. They didn't even realize they were banning books. Wow. They were like, they banning books. I'm like, yeah. Like where you been? Yeah. They banning books. Some of my favorites, James Baldwin and (laughs) you know, um, so we have to get informed and, um, just make sure we stay educated about what's happening because Mm -hmm. even if we're not a part of a certain group, Mm -hmm. Watch what they're doing to that group because usually they're going to start targeting other groups as well. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about the domino effect of it. Right. The trickle yeah. down. It trickles because eventually down. it's going to hit everybody. Eventually. You know? Mm-hmm. And so the same thing that people are experiencing at colleges and universities, somebody could experience that on their job. Like, mm-hmm. you know, little things can start exactly. to happen. Yep. Because it becomes normalized. Mm. It becomes, <clears throat> when it becomes normalized, like, oh, okay, well, they're doing this over in the colleges and universities. They're banning it here. They're uh, uh, outlawing these books here. Then it's like it, it starts to trickle over into other industries mm-hmm. and other sectors and just just in, in society in general. Yeah. So what we don't want is it to become a norm for us not to talk about inequities right? or a norm not to talk about how certain groups are impacted by certain things mm-hmm. like we have to make it a norm of no we are going to talk about this mm-hmm. it's important that we address these issues yeah absolutely yeah. well that's good so i wanted i want to shift gears just a little bit because i do want to ask this question before we leave some of you all know mj is being very vocal about um her own issues and own you know struggles that she's had to overcome so mm-hmm. mj is a doctor we mentioned but she's also dyslexic yes and is it hard of hearing or deaf hard of hearing hard, hard of hearing in one of her ears left right. ear right. right ear so did those personal battles do they fuel you did that fire you into this uh feel mm-hmm. how how has that impacted you i guess is my question to do the work that you do without question and i'm very vocal about it too um i i did a presentation recently uh, i did a keynote where i talked about i had somebody once telling me like look you're already black and woman in america and that's already hard enough Mm -hmm. if you can kind of conceal the dyslexic part wow yeah like just kind of keep that to yourself like Mm -hmm. conceal the fact that you know you may have struggles with certain letters when you read and stuff like that Mm -hmm. because it's already hard enough and I took that with me for years. Yeah. I, I kept, I was like that. I wasn't ashamed of the hard of hearing part because mm-hmm. people understand that you, pe- mm-hmm. you know, people lose their hearing for different mm-hmm. reasons, but dyslexia has a lot of stigmas attached to its feel. And that's why I'm like working so hard to try to get people informed about neurodiversity, but oh, it absolutely shapes your experience because you have a certain equity lens that you operate with mm-hmm. because when you've been discriminated against mm-hmm. or when you've, felt some form of ableism Mm -hmm. or racism or sexism you know you can't help but to be like ah okay I see these groups are experiencing this how can I help address it because you've experienced it personally so and I know a lot of people there's different views on like okay you need to keep your situation separate like Mm -hmm. separate the two but I can't really separate the two as a practitioner like my lived experiences and my different intersecting identities are going to help 
help me advocate for others. Right. Like, because I can say like, okay, I know how this feels firsthand to be discriminated for, against for being black exactly. and dyslexic and for being a woman. So, exactly. Yeah. It's but, like, I would never be able to separate my issues with my own mental health right. from my desire to help other people with theirs. Like it's not, it's a part of, of, of who I am, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I don't see you being able to separate that mm-hmm. either, especially since you know what it's like to have to fight for, uh, a certain type of workspace, a certain type yeah. of office, a certain ty- the you know the things that you need um, to make things more accessible for you and to you. You know mm-hmm. what that's like firsthand. So then you know how to tell somebody, hey, this is what you need to be asking for. This is right. what you need to say to exactly. HR when you go. This is what they're supposed to do for you. Some people don't know they their don't rights. Know. They don't even know where to begin. They just know I'm in a bad situation and these people are not doing anything to try to help. Um, you know, they're not giving me the resources that I need to be able to do my job exactly. uh, correctly. They have not made this an inclusive space for me and they don't know what to do. They feel trapped. Yeah. So, you know, that's where you step in. That's where <laughs> I step in. And you know what? I and it, I work with both people within the organization and then I work with the employer. Like, hey, mm. this these are ways to be proactive and mm-hmm. ensuring that you're creating an inclusive and accessible space for people. So, yeah, I get to come at it from multiple angles. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, it is deeply personal for me, but at the same time, I, I look at it as I have to think about the generations behind me as well. Yes. I have to think about folks who may be dealing with way more than I ever dealt with. Yeah. So it's not, it's not really about me per se, mm-hmm. but I do incorporate different aspects of my personal experience into my work. Like when I, for example, if I do a presentation on disability inclusion I'll start by talking about my experience yeah just to kind of put people at ease like oh okay wow Mm -hmm. yeah she dealt with that firsthand so it helps Mm -hmm. provide a framework and narrative but yeah I mean you you can never really fully separate them completely Mm -hmm. like okay I'm not going to talk about my experience at all I'm just going to focus strictly on the facts Mm -hmm. because then people don't relate to that as much either right it's much more relatable when it's like yeah you know what I had to deal with this firsthand and that's why I advocate for it now and that's where also your compassion comes in exactly and uh, that's something you know when we were talking about earlier that makes me nervous for the future yeah um you know I trust God just like you do and all of that but I'm just saying when we think about removing people's story, removing their pain, removing their hurt. Are we breeding a whole generation of people who won't have any compassion? If I never acknowledge your hurt or your pain, how am I going to have compassion for Mm -hmm. you in your struggle? Because I'm not even aware of your struggle. (laughs) That part. And you're also removing, like we talked about earlier, you're removing this, learning how to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like we can't cater to people's comfort all the time. Like you have to learn how to be compassionate, Mm -hmm. have empathy, and you have to learn how to sit with discomfort at Mm -hmm. times. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what? This topic makes me uncomfortable, but I'm growing. I'm Mm -hmm. learning a lot. And so, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's so many different things that are effect affected and impacted when we try to omit Right. Certain things like yeah. when we try to omit books and conversations mm-hmm. and history, like you just can't, you can't mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I also think it's sad that some people are, you know, pushing their own political agenda and mm-hmm. using children um, to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been doing it for years, but I've seen certain things where people are trying to lump everything together. Yeah. Where you have some books that are overly graphic, right? And they're yeah. talking about sexual positions and saying all these different things. 
and this is why we need to get rid of all the LGBTQ books. Right. That is not the same thing at all. Right. Like, th- let's not do that. You know, <laughs> like, let's not do that. That's two totally different things. And to, to be able to use that cover mm-hmm. of, uh, oh, well, this is talking about, um, you know, certain sexual positions. So let's just wipe out all the minority books. That, that doesn't yeah. even make any sense. Exactly. But that is what I have witnessed people doing. I've exactly. seen it. Because of maybe one thing or here's what I tell people. If you have one bad accountant in your organization, does that mean you're never going to hire another accountant? This is, if if it's essential to your business, it's essential to you operating Mm -hmm. as an entity, you're going to just fire that person and get a new one. Mm -hmm. And the same thing, you know, if there are certain books out there that may not align with your own personal views, that don't mean you ban books from every author who's ever written about the time. Exactly. It don't work like that. So yeah, it is, it's just, People have an agenda mm-hmm. at the end of, in the end of the day, mm-hmm. and um, we just have to be educated and mindful of what's happening, mm-hmm. so that way we don't look up and see ourselves repeating history. Yes, yeah. And in a way, we are. You know what? And I, uh, we can come so close with this, but this made me think about how so many books of the Bible they threw them out. King Y'all, James they threw did. them out. They did. They didn't want them in there. It's a couple that made it that almost didn't. Correct. Um, make it. Y'all do your research and you you know what I'm talking about without mm-hmm. without me getting too deep. But there are some that are in there that almost didn't make it. But when they put the, the Bible together, it's so many that they just were like, We not uh-huh. we're not throwing we're not That's putting true. this in. And so this isn't new either, because those were books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And so we see it across across different things, whether it's religion, whether it's history Mm -hmm. you know people have always wanted to omit stuff that did not align with their personal views and we have to decentralize ourselves Mm -hmm. and say like it's not about us like even if we don't agree with something you have to think about okay but is this is this based on facts like if it's truth you can't just pick and choose what you want to be shared right Right. because like oh this one group is being amplified Mm -hmm. and i'm not amplified Mm -hmm. so just just omit all of that. Yeah. No, Which it doesn't work like that. Yeah. You know, and it, and as, as a parent, I'm not a parent, you're not a parent, but our parents very much so, my father very much so guided my reading style. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't force me to read certain things, but there were some books he said, you, this is a classic. You got to yeah. check this out. And when I did, I'll fall in love with that book, you know, or this right here, this is a, I think you're going to like this book of poetry. Check this out. So parents still have a huge influence. It's Absolutely. not like the library is going to take over your child's mind. Right. Like you still can can guide your, your children, you know, and guiding them to make des- decisions that are healthy for their own life. That's another topic for another day, but I just thought I would throw that in there. So MJ, you are doing a lot. You're always doing a lot. I am. How can, because companies need to be reaching out to you. <laughs> I know I sound louder right now just because I'm, I raised my voice and I got right up in the mic, okay? So <laughs> how can people, how can companies, how can corporations, how can small businesses reach out to you to get the services that you provide? Yeah, so it's a few different ways. Um, just for any LinkedIn users, I love LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my jam, so you can always connect with me or reach out. Uh, there. Um, also, we have a website, www.ieconsultingfirm.com. Um, and the name of my company is Inclusive Excellence Consulting. So we are a full service diversity, equity and inclusion consulting firm. So you can, uh, you know, fill out the contact form on the website or you can just, you know, hit me up, send me a message like, hey, you know, I'd love to learn more about your organization and the services you provide. 
Awesome. That sounds good. Do you see some unity having to come between organizations and companies like yours in order for you all to fight for your field that's mm. under attack? You know what? I, absolutely. I think mm-hmm. the more collaborative we can be mm-hmm. um, and the more we we advocate for certain things from a, as a collective, the more likely we are to see change. Because when you have one person trying to do mm-hmm. this type of work, it's, it's tough. But when you have a whole group of folks like, hey, this is important. This is too important for us to cut this. Like we mm-hmm. have to continue having these conversations and doing this work. Then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Good deal. Any final words, final thoughts on uh, the subject of diversity, equity, and inclusion? Uh, I think the only other thing I have is y'all just just stay informed and um, just know that your voice does matter and your vote matters. Don't don't feel like, oh, well, you know, I don't know if I can really make a difference. My one vote may, might not matter. It absolutely matters. Mm-hmm. And uh, do everything you can to stay as informed as possible about these decisions that are happening because they don't just affect us. They affect the generations behind us as mm-hmm. well. Absolutely. That's good. All right, y'all. Y'all heard it from the expert today. Um, I got more research to do. I'm sure some of y'all have more research to do as well. Um, But we'll be back next week with more MJ in the Word podcast. Y'all stay up. Stay up.